Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or if you go for your podcasting fix. Now, in today's episode, I'm being joined by Nikki Toza, who is the EMEA SVP at Oracle NetSuite. Nikki's here to explore the current tension between gut feel decision-making and data-driven decision-making in the enterprise, according to Oracle NetSuite's 2021 State of Growth Part 2 report. So, Nikki, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Max. You're welcome. It's great to have you here, and uh, there's a lot of stuff in this report that's going to be interesting to kind of delve into. But before we get into the questions, would you just let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and Oracle NetSuite? Sure, yes. So as you said, I'm Nikki Tozer. I'm the Senior Vice President of uh, Europe, Middle East and Africa for Oracle NetSuite. It's a mouthful, but it helps you to understand the region that we're covering. So um, for Oracle, Oracle NetSuite is a uh, fastest growing um, ERP in the cloud for mainly for small to medium enterprises. Um, and uh, my region is Europe, Middle East and Africa, and that's about um, 17 countries. Um, and uh, we are, yeah, as I say, we're, we're mainly selling to startups and, um, and fast growth companies in those regions. Excellent stuff. Okay, so when we're talking about this report, there's a lot of things for us to digest. I don't think we're going to be able to cover all of it, uh, but we'll do our best to kind of give people the facts we'll of what's give going it a go. on. We'll give it a go, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're talking obviously about how you can make confident decision making for business growth. And obviously, that comes very much from a data driven perspective, especially with how businesses and organizations operate nowadays. However, there was one of the most significant findings in the report is that over 90% of people feel overwhelmed by the amount of data available to them when making these critical decisions at work. So just how alarming is that statistic? What impact does this have on company growth, revenue and culture? Well, I mean, first of all, I think data is really the foundation of effective decision making. You know, even in your day to day life, uh, for example, let's say at a certain time of the day, you might go to the supermarket on a different route because, you know, when you've done that route before, it's busier at a certain time of the day. So we are constantly using data uh, to help our decision making. Um, And so it's, it's not really surprising with the volumes of information that are rapidly growing these days that uh, that workers do feel frequently overwhelmed by it. Um, and actually, we've seen evidence in some of the, the um, reports that we've done that organisations who are data unaware, they don't particularly use um, data when they're building their strategies, that they're twice as likely to have fallen short of growth targets in the last year compared to others. Um, so they are actually also suffering financial repercussions of not being able to get these data insights. Um, you know, when you've got too much data, it's actually sometimes quite hard to turn it into usable knowledge. Um, so we, we have to be able to look at how we can serve up data in a way that's accessible and relevant to users. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much data you've got, you can't actually make use of it sensibly. 100% agree. It's an issue that is not fresh for a lot of organisations. This is something that has been plaguing them for quite a while, and especially as we continue to grow, we're seeing more data being imparted into organizations. And if you're not on top of it 
now it has kind of a snowball effect, right? Where you, where you're trying to catch up and really kind of capitalize on it going forward. Yeah, indeed, especially as we're all, you know, adapting a lot at the moment to changing circumstances. So, you know, you need to be able to to get on top of some level of data that's going to help you to make those decisions. Definitely, definitely. And there was a part in the the press release that was sent over to us to kind of put these questions together when when you guys were talking about the state of growth. Um, There's a quote in there that says businesses that properly equip their employees with relevant and digestible insights will be best placed to thrive. So how can organizations distinguish between that meaningful and and irrelevant data in order to help tackle the data and business flood crisis that's going on? Yeah, indeed. So, I mean, the fact that workers have said, as we talked about, they're overwhelmed with the amount of data they're receiving highlights that businesses need to address how data is distributed, managed and received. And um, there's some fundamental changes that can be made to overcome these challenges. Um, You know, if you're going to make plans, knowing where you're going, it's key to being able to understand how you get there. And so metrics are really important to help you understand how you're going to fuel growth and then what pushes those metrics to make that that growth in a positive way. The information has to be accessible so that organisations can present that data in a meaningful way to ensure that everybody understands what the priorities are, but also how they can impact those numbers and why it's a priority. So, you know, for example, if, if we were talking about a um, sales pipeline, you're going to get you're going to invest in, uh, an amount of money in a certain type of lead generation um, but if you don't know how that particular lead performs throughout its life cycle into becoming a customer for example then you don't know whether to reinvest that money in those same kind of lead source so you know the, these are metrics that you can use to help understand your investments if you've got the right data that you can provide for workers it means that they can have the technology to allow themselves to make this analysis. You know, workers get really frustrated if they have to spend hours just getting the right level of data together or identifying where that data is and deciding whether it's right or not before they can actually start using it to drive, you know, some potential valuable input into the direction of the business. So if we can help to automate the balance of quantity and quality data using analytics software, then you can provide real-time visibility of data because, you know, there's no point using data that's six weeks or six months out of date and allow uh, your, your, your users, your, your workers to look at data both at detail and at summary levels. Then you can help them to highlight trends and insights because, you know, if something goes up for a day, that doesn't make it a trend. You know, you, you've got to be able to spot the... Uh, the trend of that data across a period of time. It's also really important that that data is personalised for that employee. So, you know, and this is again about making sure that the data is relevant and accessible. So if you've got a finance person, they might not be particularly interested in seeing loads of customer data. They might, but they're probably going to be mostly interested in the finance Whereas as a customer, they're going to want to see more about how the customer behaves, what types of things that they buy. And they also want to be able to do that without having to go to IT and ask them all the time to be able to produce a report for them. So if you have um, something like Sweet Analytics that we help to provide an interface which has no coding in it, which allows users to point and click to get to the data they want to see, especially when we're all working the hours that 
work for us at home. You know, you don't want to ring someone at eight o'clock at night and ask them for something if they're not working at eight o'clock at night. And of course, then we need to make sure that that data is secure so that employees don't see data that uh, is not relevant for them or indeed is, you know, confidential, for example. So that can present a risk for some organisations if you haven't made sure that your your data is um, is very secure. Yes, and obviously there's kind of a, a lot of factors there to to juggle and maintain. It's you know mm-hmm. data's not easy. No one's yes. ever said that it, that it is. Um, <laughs> no. But having those steps in place really makes life a lot easier in the long run. And as you say, if you can automate, if you can understand it, if you can have those processes in place, then that's where we get to what we're trying to talk about today. However, the other side of this is we've been seeing, and the study kind of raises this up, that you've just perfectly illustrated what should be done and how it should be approached. But a lot of people are relying on intuition and this gut feel to make those critical business decisions. In fact, it's more than doubled in the last 12 months. So why do you think this is happening? And what does it truly mean to be data aware in 2021 or 2022, as we're getting there, to kind of get people to where you just uh, spoke about? Yeah, you know, I think this um, this last year, Max, has created a lot of, of challenges for organisations. And I think we kind of alluded to early on in the conversation about how adaptable we've all had to be in, in all walks of life um, over this last period. But many organisations are having to make decisions around things that have either never happened before or never happened this quickly. Um, So this kind of rapid decision making and agility for what you feel might be a long term plan. You know, if you think about the typical reports that businesses do, uh, a like for like report. So how am I doing this year versus this point in time last year? Well, We don't have any precedent for this kind of situation. So it's very hard to make comparisons about your performance based on previous knowledge. Remember, I talked about driving to the supermarket. I know it's busy at this time of day. Well, we don't know anything about this situation. So that's why I think it's been so difficult for people in the last 12 months to make business decisions based on data because that data doesn't really exist in many cases. You know, it's it's a conundrum that's that's a complicated one to solve. Almost all of the organisations that we've surveyed will say that they're either data aware and or data driven um, and that they've given employees the tools and the data that they need to do their jobs. But many of them are still feeling overwhelmed by that data at least part of the time. So I think as businesses become better accustomed to fluctuating conditions surrounding COVID and and hopefully a return to some kind of normality, then, you know, hopefully I think we'll see a return to a longer term planning rather than this kind of short term adaptability that's that's been key to everybody's survival really throughout throughout the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. It's that case of, well, we saw it when everything was first happening. It was react, accelerate plans, move forward as quick as possible. And yeah. I, I don't even think, even if we take the pandemic and, and COVID out of the equation, there has always been a slight gut feel reaction or those uh, intuitions to kind of act on something without having the data there, just just knowing that I, I know this about the organization, I know this about the data, so this could work. So we know it's high risk, and of course it can be damaging to the business, but is it safe to say that if you combine intuition and data, is that the way to go? Is there a way to strike an effective balance, or does one have to lead over the other? 
I think, I mean, it's the age-old question of, of science or art. And I think you're, you're right. The answer is it's, it's always a bit of both. I mean, I think if you look at over history, and I'm, I'm not going to pluck an example out the air, but most decisions are a combination of both intuition and data. And I think you could pull out many examples over time, which where one will be led by science and one will be led by a gut feel. So, you know, I think in my day to day, for example, I think about something and go, oh, it feels a bit like sales are down in one particular region, or it feels a bit like we're struggling to find enough um, opportunities in a particular region. And then I'll go and look at my laptop and find the data that supports my intuition. But it could equally be the other way around. I could look at my laptop and say, oh, looks like sales are down. And then I'll have a gut feel of why it is. So I think it, it could be led by either way. Um, I think it's actually, you know, if you look at the most successful businesses, um, have fantastic leaders who have inspirational intuition about what's going to be the next great thing. And then they use data to support how they're going to go and be able to achieve that. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And as as we've been saying, just kind of striking that balance as, as you kind of move forward is is so key. And if we speak about obviously moving forward, we're at the start of a new year, and that means new data challenges and more things to kind of combat as we kind of go forward. Now, if we kind of look ahead over the next 12 months, a bit in the study was talking about how many employees are expecting to turn to robot or machines uh, automation to assist in that critical decision-making process. Is this going to be the future of work? What do organizations really need to do to plan and prepare um, for the next four quarters to kind of get to where you and me have been talking today? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And it's this one that um, we it comes up in conversation quite a lot. You know, I think as as the future of work is likely to be, uh, in many cases, a, a hybrid approach with, you know, more flexibility in working hours, the more flexibility um, you can give to people to surface data for them that allows them to, to draw their attention to certain areas of, of positive or negative trends, for example. And, you know, we talk about automation and we talk about AI and all of these kind of things as if they need to be something that's really futuristic and wacky in, in what it's delivering. But actually, we're already all experiencing some form of automation every day. And I think that it can be overlooked that this is already built into almost everything that we do. So, you know, whenever you look at your search engine, it's, uh, you know, automation and AI is, is producing what's on that search engine for you or, or social media, you know, what kind of things do I look at all the time? And therefore, it's producing those kind of things. So obviously, Robots and machines will continue to revolutionise business and technology is constantly improving. I'm sure over the next year we'll see the results of that technology as businesses introduce new advances into their business. But actually, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's really important that we, we don't overlook all of that that already exists. You know, in, if, if we're talking about an ERP particularly, you know, if I'm a finance person and I'm looking at KPIs that we talked about earlier, those metrics that are going to help you to understand what's driving your business up or down, you know, it's automation and AI that's it's helping me to draw my attention to the right aspects of the business. So, I think um, organisations that pay attention to advancements invest in technology that's going to help them drive their business and weave that AI and robotic automation into their day-to-day -day operations. Those are the ones that are going to uh, stand to benefit the most. And I think in 2022, we're more likely to see the practical application of technology that learns faster and gives 
better results as AI startups continue to deliver uh, new integrations and use cases. 100%. We can only see it grow and improve as we, we kind of move forward. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. One final question for you then, just to kind of, uh, before we wrap up here. We, we just talked about, obviously, how we're going to see that kind of automation improve as we go forward into New Year. You've obviously been very involved in this report. You, you've uh, given your thoughts and opinions on the statistics. If we were to do the report next year, which we probably will be doing, what would you like to see change the most? What would you like to see kind of drop off? Well, I think it's it's more about seeing more adoption of the ability for more companies in all sectors of business, size and industry to be able to have access to adopt this kind of, you know, data insight into their business. Because, you know, I think it's a it's been a challenging year. It's probably going to continue to be challenging for a while. And the more support businesses have to continue with their growth, uh, the easier it will be for the economy to, to remain buoyant and to continue to thrive, despite all, the, all of the challenges that we're going through on a daily basis. Couldn't agree more. Nikki, thank you very much for coming on today's episode and walking us through all of this and giving some fantastic insights. Thank you, Max. I've enjoyed it. It's great to have you here. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away. There is a lot in the report that uh, you guys can read about and find out. So we'll make sure we link that down in the description down below. But if you are looking for more information in general, then you can head on over to netsuite.com. They have some fantastic resources, and I'm sure a member of the team will be able to answer any questions that you might have. From our side, we'll of course be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, you can join the conversation at Ian360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms. And for great daily content, head on over to Ian360Tech.com. Hold up. 